Greetings, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and a warm welcome back to the Framestore podcast, episode 30, part two, where we're celebrating Black History Month with the first of two special episodes. In part one on Monday, we had the pleasure of chatting with Abdou Sarko, an incredibly talented FX artist at Framestore Montreal, who's not just a Framestore artist, also a dedicated teacher at Afro VFX. As you know, we put him in the hot seat for our signature 13 question grilling, also known as the Framestore Podcast Dailies. Today, we're switching things up as we pass the mic to our guest co-host for this week, awesome lead animator, Christophe Boyarko. So let's not keep you waiting any longer. Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 30, part two of the Framestore Podcast, our special Black History Month edition. Welcome back to the podcast, the second installment of our conversation with Abdou Sako, FX artist over at Framestore Montreal. This is where we hand over to this week's guest co-host, Christophe Boyoko, London-based lead animator, who will continue the interview where we left off. So Chris, it is very much over to you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you again for having us today. Hi, hi, Abdou. Hi, Chris. Okay, so you're ready for the questions? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start, if you're ready. Absolutely. Thank you very much again, and let's do this. Okay, no problem. So my, my first question is, uh, what keeps you inspired to do your work? 100% I would say the passion, you know, the passion of uh, what I'm doing. I love my work. Um, it's always been something I always wanted to do since I was a kid, and being able to... Uh, do what I've been dreaming on and there's nothing that I can ask for. You know, I've done so many different things in my life, but finally now I can say that this is the path that, that I have and this is the path that I choose and, and the path that I want to continue on. So yeah, I'm really passionate with what I'm doing. So that helps a lot. That's great. I can really relate to that as well. My, my next question would be uh, about the shows that you've been working on. What, what's the shot you're the most proud of and why? As crazy as it is, it's a shot that no one will ever be able to see. Why? Because unfortunately, there was a reshoot that was done. But uh, in Miss Marvel, I had to do this uh, shockwave. And what was incredible about that is the time that we had to do it. We had like two weeks. But you know when you do something and even you're like, wow, this is this is amazing. Yeah. But unfortunately, some reshoot happened, so they had to move it aside but when it comes to something that i've done that you can see i'll say in scoop yeah. um there was a, a plane explosion there i really like that because i'm somebody who loves fire that's really one of the effects that i love to do anything related to fire explosion in a show that's gonna come uh soon there is an explosion that i've done that this one is something that i'll be proud but unfortunately we cannot talk about it yet that's great that's great so uh for the next question What's, uh, what's been your most difficult shot and why? Um, I will say that was when I was working in uh, Lord of the Ring, uh, Ring of Power. Okay. It was, uh, it was another fire shot, 
But one of the reasons why I found that that was very difficult is because uh, when I arrived in the show, it was towards the end of the show. And what's happening a lot of time towards the end of the show is that you already have some setup that are done and they want to use it to keep, you know, the same, the same look and everything. And to be honest, at that point, that setup was just not working. And the the thing that I was I find very hard to it is that you were trying to do something really, but they really wanted to to stick with it. But at that time, maybe I didn't have the confidence enough to just you know just redo it. Yeah. Um, I guess I could have done that, but I didn't know better. I didn't know that I could have just you know do it myself my own way to a point that um a, uh, a lead actually had to take that shot to do it, and he had to scrap that setup and redid himself a new one. So, and that's, again, you learn from that. And even told me, say, you know, I'm looking at that and you're right, but you know, don't, don't be scared next time to just do it your own way. If it works, it's fine. But I got stressed a bit because of the timeline. So I wasn't sure if ever I decide to just scrap it, do something my own, how people are going to react, but Hey, you learn from it and uh, that's fine. Definitely, that's the most important. You you learn from it, and next time you know how to approach. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, on to the next question: If tomorrow you had to transfer to a completely different department at Frame Store, where would you go, and and why? Uh, I would say animation. Why? Because uh, when I wanted to do video game, when I was telling you when I was young. Uh, the only thing I was seeing was animation. Animation was the first thing that I wanted to do when I started in the industry. It's just that after that, I saw effects and I was really into that. But animation, definitely. Uh, crowd too. Crowd is another thing. Well, it's close to effects because, you know, but crowd, I love it. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Ring. And I always remember that uh, part there in um, the Two Tower, you know, the Helm Deep sequence with all the crowd that you see everywhere. So that will be definitely one of the two departments that I'll be doing, animation and crowd. That, that's funny that you say that because for me, before jumping into animation, I wanted to work in movies and I wanted to do effects. Like I was super passionate by those big explosions in movies. But unfortunately, I chose animation. I discovered animation and I thought, why, why not try it, trying that? <laughs> So you were me from another universe, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. So uh, the next question, uh, what do you think of uh, AI and uh, has it impacted your work in any way? You know, AI, AI is scary. I'm going to be very honest with you. For me, this this is so scary because it's too good. And that's what scared me about it. Um, I've been introducing to, uh, I haven't used that much AI in my everyday work, but I've been using a lot of AI for uh, other stuff, especially for the the side company that we have. Uh, I've been introducing it to ChatGPT. Yeah. And it's too powerful, Chris. You know, that's, that's the part that, uh, you know, I feel that, I almost feel that AI, the problem that I have with AI is I feel that to, to the sake of efficiency, I feel that we might gonna be a little bit more dumb. Why? Because we're gonna rely to it a little bit too much. Um, you know, I've been I've been playing with Chat GPT, and the sometimes the answer that it gives me, it feels too personal almost. And I'm like, this this is this is too much. So, and it also opened my eyes to say, you know, I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, I Robot, for example, with Will Smith, or even Terminator and stuff like that. When I was younger, and I was 
watching those movies, you know, it felt like so far-fetched, nothing can happen. But playing with those AI tools, I'm like, this is something that can really be serious there because this is, I don't know, you know, I'm a, I love it, but at the same time, on the long run, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of it. And I'm a little bit scared, especially also when I'm thinking about the next generation, when I'm thinking about my son also. I'm like, when is going to be at school? In two seconds, they're going to be able to do you a like, two-page essay that will look like they're the one doing it. But at the end of the day, it's not them, you know? And we all know kids, we all know people in high school and university, they will be using that. So I love it, but I'm trying to see how... How is it going to be at the end of the day? But I think that AI is definitely going to be a very useful and powerful tool that's going to be used. But I also think that because of AI, a lot of people will be losing their job. Yeah. I would like to hope that if uh, we learn how to use it in a good way, it's going to be positive for, for everyone. Between you you and me, Chris, you know that doing a thing in a good way for human is not something that we like to do, right? That's That's true. My next question would be, uh, do you need to code in order to be a good FX artist? You know, that's actually, I would say, no, you do not You do not need to, to code to be a, a really a good FX artist. Um, it's definitely very useful. But I would say this is a little bit, maybe this is a myth. Maybe we can put it, you know, that, that would have been a good answer for a myth question there because... A lot of people think that when you're doing effects, all you need to do, you know, it's code, 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 code here and there. But I will say no, especially with tools like Udini, where, you know, you can do this. You have a hundred thousand ways to do the same thing. So if you're not the best doing coding, you have a lot of different ways to do so. In fact, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not coding that much myself. Yeah. You know, I'm a perfect example for that. I don't see myself as a master coder. Definitely not. But uh, it's been seven years, then I'm here in the industry, and that never blocked me to do anything. And again, you have so many different resources out there that you can easily just do a search and you can use that. You know, So no, you do not need to, to have a base. What you need is a good eye. I would say that's the most important when it comes to effects. You know, you need to have that, that artistic eye there, and that will help you. That's a great answer there. To relate to that, I'd say in animation, uh, you definitely don't need to draw. Like quite a few people think that I draw all day, but you don't need to draw. It's useful to know, but it's not a requirement. So on to my next question. How, how important are references into your work? Do you, do you do them yourself or rely maybe on the internet? Um, well, I mean, in ethics, it will be a little bit hard to do it ourselves, you know, uh, making explosions <laughs> everywhere. I'm sure. But... Uh, it's a must, you know, reference is, is a must and it's a key because that really helps you to, like we were saying before, you need an eye, you know, you need to have an ID. And the part about us in effects is that it's really abstract, you know, a lot of time you're going to have some requests and even the client itself doesn't know exactly what he wants, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to magical effects, you're going to tell you, I want this that look like this, doing this, going there like that. And you need to figure out how to do so with reference. It's easier because you can tell them, okay, do you like that part like this? Okay, do you like that part like this? And then from there, it helps you to, you know, see a little bit where you're going with it. But yes, reference is, it's a must. It's definitely a must. 
that's that's very interesting what you said, and uh, I'm gonna just add an extra question to what you said there. How do you deal with uh, creating an effect that doesn't exist? Like the client has an idea or the director has an idea. How how do you do it? That's I would say is the that's the fun part and the part that's also really frustration also because it's hard when when the client really don't doesn't know what he wants this is where it's hard but this is where you it's fun with us is that you can give a lot of different different iteration on what you're doing and from there they're going to tell you you know what on um, option one i like this option two i like this option three i like this and all that you need to do is you grab a little bit of everything but i will say that you have to go step by step you know step by step do different take different try and yeah by the end of take 110 you might have something that looks like what they want at the end. Great. But sometimes you cannot have reference. That's that's for sure. You know, there's some effects that there is absolutely no reference and you will be the one creating reference. So in this case, you just go ahead and you just do a lot of a lot of different iteration and that will that will help to, you know, funnel a little bit what you need to do. I definitely get what you're saying. So into the, my next question, um, are there any tips you can give to manage stressful moments or when the workload feels too intense? You know, a bit like I say uh, previously on the last podcast is that um, don't put too much, don't put everything on yourself. Know that you have a team. Uh, you, most of the time you have great people around you, surrounding you. Um, make sure that you talk a lot to your teammate, that you talk a lot to production also. Don't be shy to tell them when you have too much work that, you know, that's a little bit too much. It's better that you let them know that you won't be able to do all of that, that you try to do it. And then, you know, you have to realize that they have a timeline too. Okay. And if you wait too much, then this is when it might be complicated and going to put even more stress on yourself. If you really know that, okay, that you might not be able to, to be able to do it, say it, you know, the fastest that you're going to say it the easiest is going to be on you at the end of the day. Because I don't believe that anybody wants to see you doing a burnout. Anybody wants to, people want to see the work. So to have the, the work, they're going to put everything possible to make that work done. So ask help if necessary. Take it easy on yourself, but definitely do not put everything on yourself. We can help you out. Great answer. Great answer. So into my next one. What are the characteristics of a great FX artist? Or in other words, what differentiate a good artist from a great one? You know, being a great artist doesn't mean that you know everything. You know, some people are going to think that, okay, uh, the guy who knows everything, every single thing in the book, that's the great artist. In my point of view, I think that a great artist is somebody that will be able to adapt himself in all situations. Because again, we have so many different effects that we have. So if you're able to adapt yourself and you might not know everything, but if you know how to look for what you need, that's what's going to make you a great artist at the end of the day. So it's really somebody that's going to be versatile. At the end of the day, you need to be able to find how you're going to be able to make that effect. You don't need to know right away, but you need to be able to have the tool, have the right way to manage to reach that goal at the end. Yeah, all these, all these, uh, all everything you said there just uh, relates to what I do as well. Like uh, it's exactly the same, I'd say. So into into my next one, are, are there any aspect of your job that you will change or that you don't like so much? 
Um, yes, I will say that a big thing, and it's a little bit about what I talked pre- uh, previously at the end of the previous podcast. I think that, unfortunately, in the industry that we are right now, artists do not get enough credit to what they do. I feel that it's something that should really change, especially when you look at, you know, you go to the Oscar and all those things. It's always about the actor. It's always about the directors. But again, the real people that really bleed at the end behind that is the artists. You know, we put so much work into it. And I feel that it's unfortunate that in the industry do not recognize the work that people do. You know, for example, you see you work so hard and then you see your name in the in that list at the end. To be honest, we'll say what? 20% of the people will waste their time to wait till all the ends, the, the names are there. Very true. But those are the people that make the movie that you just saw. It's not just the two names that you saw at the beginning, you know. It's all the others. So if there was something that would, ch- that would love to be changed, it's to really, I don't know how, don't get me wrong. I don't have the solution to how to make it happen. But I do think that um, as an artist, and I will be talking to all the artists, I think that we all deserve as much recognition as anybody else in that industry. I think you I think you're right and I agree. So into my next one. Um, in animation we have different styles of work. It can go from cartoony to realistic and uh, different uh, different sort of anim- animation I would say. So are there any categories or types of work that you enjoy doing? Um you know what? Uh, right now I I've been doing you know live action for a while but I do really love feature animation. You know, I really like it because one major difference that I find between feature and live action is that live action, you need to uh, reproduce reality, let's put it this way, in a certain way, right? But when it comes to feature animation, it's just about just make it look beautiful. You know, you can really let your mind go all out there. So, and especially now, you probably saw the latest Spider-Man with Miles Morales, you know, the style that they have. Yeah. You have a lot of different style that you can play with, you know, like Ninja Turtle also that just came out. So that's something that is cool. You know, you have a lot of different style, but um, I kind of like also feature animation. I love live action, but uh, if you ask me which one I love the most, I, I think I might say uh, feature because you have a lot of room to do whatever you want at the end. Great answer. Uh, into my next one. So uh, can you describe how you approach a typical task that you you are assigned to do into your work? Um, also, you need to analyze a lot before starting to do anything. You know, first thing first, you need to look at the shot and you need to, to figure out what's going to be the biggest problem that you're going to have in this shot. So basically, you need to break down it to really micro, you know, I never look at a shot uh, in the hole. You know, I always try to see, okay, how can I break down that shot? Why? Because in effect, the reality is it's it's a heavy department. You know, you cannot just say, let's say you have an ocean to do. You're not going to be like, okay, I'm just going to do a big one thing. That's just not going to pass because the resources just cannot handle that. So we get used to trying to break it down to the smallest to achieve a biggest goal at the end of the day so i'll say the approach will always be the same it's you analyze and you're trying to break it down and then after that you try different options you look at what's worked and you eventually will be able to do that effect 
That's great. So I have a sub question to that. Let's say you you're given a super a hero shot. Are you going to look at what's been done in the past in other movies, or maybe prefer to start with a fresh slate and give you idea before going and looking at uh, what's been done? Like how how do you approach a fresh new idea? Um, I would definitely always, you know, it's just like a, a reference, you know, I would definitely look at how other people done it, you know, and from there, I'm going to try to make it my way. But I feel that it will be insane to kill yourself to try to redo something that already been done. When you can inspire yourself from that, you're not doing what you're doing, but you have to inspire yourself with something. If you see that something already been created that's working well, then you can improve that and make it even better. It depends where I'm at in the production. If I'm a, I'm at the beginning and I have a lot of time, you know, and I'm doing R&D, then sure. Then this is when I'm really going to take my time and all that. But if you're at the end of the production and you have a shot that needs to come out next week, this is not the time for you to start doing some research and development when you have something that can work and you can improve and build from it. Great answer, great answer. Uh, so do you use templates or do you uh, uh, do the effects from scratch? Both. It's really both. Like uh, right now, we, we're using some template and that's fine. It's There is not a problem. I think some people feel like, oh, no, I use a template. I use a template, you know, it, it, it's fine. It's not, there's no problem about it. You know, you can do it too, but if something can make your life easier, well, you have a choice. If you want to break your head, go ahead. That's your choice. But if you have a tool that can help you, why not using it? And I totally agree. In animation, it's like what we have with mocap. Some, some people hate it, but it can be a great tool. Great tool to help you do things a bit faster or use it in a different way. So I definitely understand. It's all about efficiency, right? Definitely, yes. So into my last question, uh, any techniques or tool that you're excited about? Uh, it's all regarding the real time, you know, Unreal Engine and all that. Um, this, is, this is something that fascinates me because, you know, one big problem with um, us as an FX artist is all we do a lot of time is waiting. You know, you have to wait for your cash. You, this is a long process, but when I'm looking at everything that's done, for example, in the Unreal Un Engine, and it's like in a second. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. So this is something I'm wondering: how is it gonna be? Because I mean, if you think ten years ago compared to today, is day and night. Like I've I've seen some stuff done in Unreal, and to be honest, it's equal to whatever blockbuster movie that you will see. So that's something that's very interesting for me because it's it will be a new way to do stuff, a new fastest way to do stuff. So I'm really excited to see what's going to be next to that. And that's the part where in video game, something that I like a lot about video game is this. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how is that going to be implemented in the movie, if ever that happened, because there's still some stuff we can do. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm intrigued. That is my very last question. Thank you very much. It was really great. Big finish, big finish. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Chris. Great questions. I mean, uh, there's a lot there. And uh, Abdul, you must be exhausted. You've had quite the grilling across the this week's uh, episodes. That's a, a lot of lot of content and a lot of knowledge you've shared with us. But brilliant, well, beautifully prepared, Chris. Thank you so much for those questions. No How did you find them, Abdul? 
Uh, I mean, amazing. To be honest, it's. Uh, uh, I feel blessed. Thank you very much for for this opportunity. It's a, uh, it's a great thing. A uh, great question. Great host, Chris Simon. I mean, it's. Uh, it was a fun, fun part. I agree. Super fun. Like you told me before, you know, it's you won't even realize that we're recording or anything, and and you're right. You're right. I told it's you. True. It's exactly exactly within minutes it's forgotten it's true uh, so so abdu again thanks again chris for being our uh, our brilliant co-host and one of our most prepared co-hosts to date so thank you thank you thank you um we started monday's episode talking about uh your work with afro vfx abdu and we had quite a deep dive at the start talking about the history of afro and, and what it's designed to do in its mission and i said we'd return to it at the end of uh, part two which is the big call to action really which is how can people companies educational establishments etc get involved with or support the work of afro vfx what would you like to say you know in afro vfx like i was uh, telling previously is we're willing to take all type of help at the end of the day uh, it can be just um, you as a simple person want to help out to just uh, do some uh, master class that will be something that will be great mm. Um, it will be, for example, want to do a whole full semester class also. Um, it can be just giving feedbacks to the to the student. You know, they just show you some project and you give them some feedback. Um, absolutely, we, if we can have some equipment, you know, I know a lot of time people have equipment that they don't even use. Yeah. But we have to realize that in the reality that we have in Africa, a, a computer here that's like five years old, and we're going to throw it in the garbage, this is something that us can be used there and that will be a game changer for them. Mm -hmm. So anything regarding to equipment, uh, when it comes to the company, if they will be willing to accept to do some internship for the student, okay. that will be something, a great, great help. Um, some mentors, that also will be a great, great help. To be honest, even IDs that you have, that can be a great help, you know, we are very open, and this is something that I really love about uh, Didi and Eric, is that we are open to everything. The goal here is to open the door to the VFX in Africa, and that's by all means necessary. You know, everything that we can do to make it to help those those people there, to put them on the map, we will we'll go ahead and do it. So all type of help, but yes, even just talking about it. You know, talking about it to your friends, uh, family, yeah. just this putting the, the word out there just to make sure that people know that we have this structure that here to help people. And uh, what we want at the end of the day is to have Africa also part of this big ethics uh, industry there and making sure that we can have the talent from Africa that shine. You know, a dream will be to see a movie done 100% in Africa by an African, you know, you don't understand how happy we'll be to see something like that. But in fact, we will see that because we believe in return. We know that it's just a matter of time and we will we reach that goal at the end of the day. And you can definitely visit um, AfroVFX website, yep. uh, AfroVFX.com. Uh, you can go on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can directly to me. DB or even uh, Eric. I mean, we all here present for that. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure all of the links to socials and the Afro VFX website are in the show notes for this episode, so people can click and uh, and lend their support. Um, lots of routes uh, where, that people can kind of uh, connect with uh, yourself, Abdu, as well as uh, Didi and Eric. So uh, 
yeah amazing work honestly i can't commend the work of afrovfx more and you know you've only been around for a few years so i'm excited to see where that goes it's almost like you're you're seeding almost an industry on the ivory coast which is really exciting to see where that will be in the next 10 15 20 years you know it's amazing Ivory Coast is just the start of Sian because we we starting in Ivory Coast because this is where we all located, but the the real goal will be to have you know have Ivory Coast as West Africa if you can have a little bit everywhere because just to be able to help all of them because you know Ivory Coast is in the West so we might need everywhere so it's a start it's a start brilliant brilliant well again thank you both thank you Abdu thank you Chris you've both been brilliant guests I've really enjoyed our conversation uh, whether it was part one or part two a lot in there for sure. One last thing, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? And it's a question to both of you. Are there any final words of wisdom, anything else you want to plug, or is that a good place to leave it? I'll say, guys, believe in your dream, follow your dream, and don't give up. Amazing. Sky is not the limit. You can go past that. You know, there is a whole universe out there. So just go for it and have fun with what you do. Definitely have fun. It can, it can be very rewarding as a as a as a career i think brilliant well wise words to leave uh, leave our listeners with at the end of our, our time together a real privilege to speak to both of you thank you so much for coming on the frame store podcast abdu and chris and enjoy your evening chris and abdu enjoy the rest of your working day because uh, you're into the afternoon stint in montreal now so thank you for giving up your uh, your lunch time abdu it's appreciated no problem simon thank you very much simon and chris it was definitely a pleasure Thanks, Simon, and, and Abdu, it was a real pleasure to be on the podcast. Well, that concludes this week's special Black History Month episode. I want to express my heartfelt gratitude to Abdu, our incredibly inspiring guest who shared his insights and wisdom with us. I also want to extend my appreciation to Chris, our outstanding and brilliantly prepared guest co-host for this week. And of course, a big shout out to Sam Sosnowski from the Global Training Team for the exceptional editing job once again. If you've been moved by Abdu's call to action and would like to support AfroVFX, please check out the show notes for this episode, visit afrovfx.com or connect with them through their social media channels. You can also reach out to Abdu directly, as he said in the episode. In just two weeks, we'll be back with our second Black History Month episode, promising an exciting twist. Thanks for tuning in. We can't wait to have you join us again. Until then, take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you.